What's up, guys? Welcome back to the S3 Podcast. Today, we are here with two good buddies of ours, Chris Sullivan and Eli Bowman, both of Grid Life and, <laughs> and Import Alliance. The first little car hang that we've done in months. So, Let's cheers, go. boys. All right, so Eli, Chris, you guys are OGs of Import Alliance and uh, Grid Life. What 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 was it like? What's it been like coming up with two of the biggest tuner events in the U.S. Arguably, uh, I don't know. Been fun. <laughs> Actually, can yeah, we start yeah. off with like introducing um, and like yeah, just talk about what you do now, what you've been doing for a little bit kind of an intro and then we'll go in the past all you Eli, Eli what you do I'm just having what? A, a wicked urge to go outside and do a burnout on the S3 podcast like that's just <laughs> all I want to do do whatever you want to do man Eli what do you do <laughs> what what do you do what do you do what uh what do you do in the automotive industry he fil- he films damn robots he like has a bunch of mini Elon Musks. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave my camera sitting in one place. Is this like a good? Is that good? That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Sure. Uh, what do I do right now? Okay, so it's been a long journey, but like as of right now, I work for a company that is owned by GE called First Build, and it is a think tank kind of situation it's like um it's a micro factory and there's engineers um all kinds of people that work there and they brainstorm new products for ge like specifically for the home but when they're not doing that they build like three-story robots that shoot flames and right now our coolest project um which you guys would probably actually really enjoy checking out is we took the engine and transmission out of an RX-8 and we're literally building a frame around it. So it's going to be like a man go-kart, but essentially just like a rotary engine that you can like sit on top of. Um, it's the most crazy. It's stupid. Like, so all the engineers there are very meticulous and detail oriented. They've done the numbers and like, in theory, if wind wasn't an issue, this thing would go like 300 miles an hour. Like, if, <laughs> like it's so stupid. <laughs> the power to what you know is absolutely just bonkers. So I'm filming that kind of stuff. You know, they're they're welding, you know, and and bending tubes and designing stuff in CAD. You know, I'm learning um, all kinds of new software that I never was exposed to before. Um, it's just a really cool environment to like continually learn new stuff every day, but at the same time, uh, do my passion, which is, uh, video and, and editing and stuff like that. Um, so it's just, it's been a, it's been a dream come true, man. And awesome. everything that I've, you know, everything that's led up to this point, it's just been a weird journey, but um, I love what I do. You know, it's, it's, it's really cool. There's a lot of frustrations with it, but I absolutely love it. That's dope. It sounds like y'all are building like a real life Mario Kart of death. 
Yeah, I'm afraid to drive it, to be honest. <laughs> I, lo- I love that it's an RX-8. Out of all cars, it's an RX-8. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Chris, what about you? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I take pictures of car events and nightclubs and stuff like that. But, like, lately with this whole situation, I've been kind of uh, in limbo, which sucks. But... Pretty recently, I got um, I got back to work working for um, a performance shop locally. So I've been shooting all their content lately and kind of working on some projects for them too, which has been a pretty good time. You know? Oh yeah. So Chris, where do, where would you say that your your start shooting for the car world came from? Um, I used to draw actually. Like I in high school, I I had like um my whole kind of like life was dedicated to drawing and i had a buddy in high school i was always into cars like obviously i'm sure all of us were but um i had a buddy in high school who was into japanese cars and i thought they were like really dumb and lame this is like pre they're like right around fast and the furious like right around when the first one came like when hunter was born yeah exactly (laughs) and um how old are you hunter like (laughs) 22 now, right? I'm 22, yeah. For sure. Um, but yeah, it, it kind of, he kind of like got me into that stuff. So I start drawing car stuff like from uh, Super Street Magazine, Honda Tuning, stuff like that. Uh, and then I actually, um, I got like a cheap uh, digital camera as a, a Christmas gift one year and just kind of was like, oh, it's like drawing, but it takes, you know no time at all and it's i'm less hard on myself when i take pictures than when i draw because it's kind of it is what it is there's an aspect of that where um i'm a bit of of a perfectionist and it i don't know it's nice to just have it be what it's going to be instead of like you know taking months to perfect one detail or something just kind of like my personality so that's what got me into it, and that was a long time ago. So I've been shooting ever since, and haven't really had a job other than shooting ever since. So it's been pretty fun. Hey, so Eli, what kind of started you in the film aspect of the digital world? Uh, so I'm just now learning that Chris was into drawing. Dude, that is <laughs> rad. How the hell did I never know that? That's so cool. Conversation, hotel room conversations about everything else in the world. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have really conversations about everything else in the world. <laughs> yeah, I have. I want to see you draw. That's pretty cool. I want to see you draw. I haven't drawn in almost, you know, like fifteen years. Ever since I started shooting. Oh. Oh wow. Oh. Yeah, it was like a light switch. It was weird. Okay. Yeah, so like, um, where does, what's up where does uh so you okay so obvious your interest in photography comes from drawing um what yeah. about you eli where, where did you start in being like holding a camera and going this is the rest of my life um, uh, so i grew up watching haggard and jackass and my parents always had like that shitty like DV camera like laying around and I always had like just 
I just remember there always being just like a rat pack full of dudes in my neighborhood and we were always doing dumb shit. And uh, whether it was like skateboarding or uh, some of my friends were like, their parents were like rich and they had like, like tiny little uh, motor, like uh, dirt bikes. And we would like build ramps and launch them and stuff. And so I was always just the one filming everything. Cause I, I don't know. I just thought it was fun to film everything and go back and watch it later. And, um, for as long as I can remember, I just always had a camera in my hand at all times. Like it was just the thing that I did. Um, and that kind of like transpired into like, um, there was this rat rod magazine that, um, I met the guy, he asked if I could do photography and I didn't really know much about it, but I had a T3i and I did some shots of some rat rods and that kind of turned into a money-making opportunity, which was way more fun than working at Buffalo Wild Wings, which is what I was doing when I was like 17. Um, and so that was kind of like my intro into the automotive realm of like capturing automotive content. And then I started moving into Import Alliance. Um, and I just like, again, just always had my camera with me. And it was just kind of like two passions kind of met um, but back in the day, it wasn't really for me personally, like I remember it, I wasn't ever focused on like YouTube or like videos. It was about Honda tech and all the picture threads. Like you'd go to an event and then you would, the next few days you'd sit on Honda tech and be like, Oh, I wonder if someone got a picture of my car. Yes. And then you'd sit in pages and try to be like, Oh, there's my Integra. And so if you took pictures, that was the thing to do is to post up your pictures on Honda tech or, you know, for me, it was a uh, 502 street scene, which is uh, the Louisville, Kentucky forum. Yeah. But for, for me, it, it wasn't video that I, that I got started with. It was photography, which is why I've always loved hanging out with Chris because I always felt like a shitty photographer. Like, I don't know, there's just something <laughs> like I was just, I could never get it. I just always had way more fun doing video and, but it's like its own, they're two separate worlds. Like they really are. And I've, I've always appreciated Chris's natural ability, but um, once I got into like discovering that <clears throat> I could do much more with my T3i, um, like it shot 1080, like, you know, it was perfectly fine. And um, I just started filming IA events and, becoming friends with like Don and the guys and Omari and it became more of like relational instead of like, Hey, you know, I'm trying to get paid for this. It was just like, I'd go to the events. Um, I was already there. Like we would back in the day, there was this thing called the Midwest caravan and it was like hundreds of cars and they would travel down the highway at like a hundred miles an hour, like a hundred people at a time and one giant line. <laughs> I, it was straight out of the sum from the movies, man. It, it just was unreal. Um, and I was always hanging out of the window, hanging out of the sunroof, just like f capturing everything I could. I mean, I just remember it was, it was insane. Um, I absolutely loved it. And so I just, I always was capturing, capturing, capturing. And for the most part, it sucked. Like, I did not know what I was doing, but like, I had a lot of fun doing it. Um, so yeah, I just kind of, one thing led to another and it snowballed from there, man. Hell yeah, that's so awesome. The, the caravan. Where Dude, was that? Caravan. 
it was just like everyone who was going to import alliance would like meet up on the same highway and cruise down so it was like just a, a huge group of cars cruising down it was super fun back in the oh, day that's so sad. Was in a corolla car club and in florida there was a bunch of like chapters or whatever um, and we would all like link up on the forum and say where each like checkpoint would be. So if you're whatever one's closest to you, you'll meet up there. They're there for like 15 minutes. You hook up with them and then y'all keep going. Um, and there would be a show in Jacksonville called Sibling Rivalry. It was a big like Toyota and Lexus show. Um, and we would do that kind of like big caravan. But I mean, Jacksonville is its own little shit show in traffic. So you can only go so fast. But I feel like I sixty five is the same way, isn't that Eli? Yeah, but the thing is, if you're all in one cluster going a hundred and something, <laughs> uh, it doesn't really matter. Like everyone's going the same speed as one amoeba going down the yeah. highway, and yeah. it's chaos. Uh, and they can't arrest everyone. Like they'll, they'll pick you off like a lion trying to get the weakest little gazelle or whatever. <laughs> Like, Sorry, could have been faster. Like, not our fault. Your car's slow. <laughs> Just keep going. But I don't know. That was like honestly, that's what that's what made me fall in love with the car scene. With between the movies, like the Fast and the Furious movies, and like uh, growing up around like my uncle who always had like muscle cars. Um, being like 16, 17, 18, and going to IA in the Midwest caravan and like all of my homies, there was just a lot of heart and soul to it back in the day that like I literally fell in love with it. Um, and to this day, I still have like an emotional connection, you know, with, with all that kind of stuff going to those events. And I think Chris still shares that sentiment as well. It's, it's not just a job. It's like not just an event. Like, I'm connected to it, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's like home. Which is why this whole situation is so rough. I feel like I you know, haven't been, I don't know, kind of living just how I normally do. Like, so much is missing, you know? Yeah. So, so Chris, did Import Alliance come first for you or Grid Life? Uh, yeah, I've been, I was actually at the first Import Alliance ever in, like, 05. Oh okay. really? Yeah, I didn't was, know Import Alliance went back that far. Yeah, it's really old. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it was at a, it was at a mall, and um, there was probably it actually was kind of like an accord meet, and also like a little whatever meet, and um, and one of the forums I was on back in the day, they we we kind of like set up a meet, and I think we were like really hyped that there was like thirty five cars there. We were like real hyped, and I, I drove down from Chicago and it was in Nashville, and it was at um next year garage which was um which was don napier's shop um and it was in a mall and it was just like don a napier had a shop yeah it was called next year and it was uh just a small retail shop and i think it was for dsm cars right or was it? it was for dsm cars right or was it for multiple cars I was for all types of stuff they had um do you remember those like plastic intake manifold gaskets that were were like they, they used to make those for all different all different chassis and I don't know, it was pretty cool. Um I remember walking in there and like this is like before Japanese car stuff was super like available and I remember walking in and seeing S fifteen headlights and freaking out and that, like that's just like the only memory I have from the shop it was so long ago. But yeah, it was cool. I was like one of the few people who got to see that shop before it was gone. 
So for those of you who don't know, Don Napier is founder slash co-founder of uh, of Import Alliance. You know the probably the biggest you know East Coast tuner gathering. I would say. Would you guys agree? If they import meat in the country. Yeah, I mean it's it's the largest one yeah, that I'm really aware of, or was for a long time. I'm That's not sure crazy. anything's bigger, but yeah. Import Alliance is actually, I mean, if you're watching this and you've been watching this three podcasts, uh, you guys will know. But Import Alliance was where I met Wooly for the very first time, and where my um, where my job with S3 kind of spawned from. So I think you need to tell that story. That's a really good story. Yeah. I don't it's know if you crazy. told it before on the podcast, but you should definitely uh, tell that story. I think the last podcast we talked about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I do. I, I will have to give credit to Eli, because if I owe anything to my job at S3, it's it's got to go all the way back to Eli, because I had I was a freshman in college at the time, or I was maybe I was a, yeah I was a freshman in college. I was a fire science major, broke as hell, no clue. I didn't want to be a fireman, but it was like the first thing that I saw on like the list of degrees. So I was like, sure, this is a good idea. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, my friend sent me this video from this event called Grid Life. That and it like the video, which now I know Eli made or had some you know part in producing it. Dude, it was like the biggest inspiration. It was the following weekend. I didn't have any money with to my name, and I split a hotel room with like ten people. And found my way at Gridlife, and it was life changing. If it was not for that video that talked me into going to Gridlife, I once I got there, I was like, "This is it. This is what I'm doing the rest of my life." And from that, I'm talking domino, about I'm talking, to, I'm talking about Gridlife. I met Wooly at IA, but it was me going to Gridlife for the first time that was like, "I don't care what I have to do, where I have to go, what hands I have to shake." This world is where I want to be. Like, this is my career. I don't know how. I don't know how this is going to be possible, but I'm committed to it. And so through that, you know, the dominoes fall to Wooly, to S3, and then here to this podcast today. So it all goes back to one Grid Life Instagram video that I had sent my, that had been sent my freshman year of college. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> I don't know what video that was, but I don't even know if it was me. But there, there's a lot of guys capturing content at that event. But that's cool that you were inspired that way. Yeah, I think it was Red Life 2016, 2017, something like that. I don't know. 16 was our first uh, year in Atlanta, and it was like it was there's something special about that event for sure. Yeah, it would have been 16 then. So yeah. So that's crazy. So yeah, so both Actually, of y'all That might have been Eli's first grid life, I think. Dude, I I was talking to Don earlier and we listed thirteen different tracks across the nation that we've been to. And I was just laughing because I've forgotten about so many different events. Like I wrote them down. There's 
Atlanta, Kentucky, St. Louis, Kansas, Nashville, Texas, Talladega, Titan Stadium, Bowling Green, MCM, Florida. Like, there's all these different places that I've been to because of this job. Literally, I can't even remember them all. And over the years, it just kind of all meshes together. I'm sure Chris can echo that. It's just like, it becomes this like, (laughs) wait, where were we when that happened? Like, (laughs) yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So like me and Hunter, we've only been doing this for what, three years? And we just went, yeah, we, we just went to our second SEMA. And I feel like every event, we're always like super hyped, like it's the first time. Um, and we yeah. haven't yet got to the point where things like mesh together. And I mean, if, if, if we take anything from you guys, it's you guys still go to events, you know, with the energy, like you guys are going for the first time. So dude, I, I hope me and him can keep that up. Yeah, dude, it's my favorite thing ever is just going to events and seeing buddies. Yeah, because not only is it like, you know, you're seeing cool cars and you know, you're around the industry, but through being in the industry, you make friends across the country, if not yeah. the world. So at every event, it's like a giant homecoming because yeah. you finally get to see each other again. Cause like around here, I have like <laughs> two. <laughs> I go to- he froze. I thought he was like trying to think, I don't, have any friends here (laughs) (laughs) no but i have like two friends that i hang out here on a regular basis but when we go to like a grid life event or something every time i turn around it's like yo hunter yo what's up and it's like fist bumping you know homies from chicago la texas new york it's wild there's nothing there's no other experience like it yeah i agree um i think cars are like five percent of the the draw for me at this point, you know? Yeah. Eli just got a 370Z. What? Oh, what? Damn. Yeah, Chris. Okay. Yeah. This is news to me. I'm glad, dude. Congrats. So before we talk about the Z, I went to SEMA in 2014 and that was my first year at SEMA. And I remember being blown away. Like I've never been to a new crew like that. I don't know if you guys were there in 14. I think Chris was there in 14. Um, I remember that just that year absolutely blew me away. Um, And ever since then, you know, I've always wanted to go back, but SEMA to me is not something that I wanted to do every year. <clears throat> I, I kind of like the idea of going maybe every three years. So I think maybe like as soon as all this COVID stuff clears up, I might try to go to the next one. But yeah, as far think, as it goes, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say you'd mentioned 2016 Grid Life, and that sounds about right because I remember 2014 leaving SEMA and all the events leading up to that. Chris actually brought me into Grid Life. Like Chris is the whole reason that I'm even affiliated with Grid Life at all. Uh, he like literally introduced me and Chris and brought me under his wing and introduced me to everybody. And so I owe a big thanks to Chris for uh, any involvement with that. So I'm just glad you're there, dude. So um, no, Seema is one of those things that like um. It's a lot, and it's also kind of, like, repetitive if you go every year. But it doesn't really matter to me because, honestly, it's not about that. It's kind of just, like, going, having fun with buddies, playing beer pong in uh, 
O'Shea's with these yeah. guys. Yeah. O'Shea's. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of like my favorite favorite parts of uh, of SEMA for sure. Is Gridlock going to do the after party this year? Uh, I have no idea, actually. We're we're all kind of waiting to hear how this is going to shake out. Hopefully SEMA even happens this year. Who knows? Yeah, we had a podcast about that a couple of weeks ago. Do y'all think it's yeah. going to happen? I, I think so, and I hope so. I'm not sure. So, Same. If it is, I kind of want to drive my S2000 out just to kind of do something really dumb. Okay. So, I yes. kinda, like really dumb road trips that are like yes. you know, a terrible idea in every way. But So if you wanted to do that, I, I, I can't say too much right now because it's on the low low. But S3 might be having an F-150 at SEMA that oh, we okay. are trying to convince Wooly to road trip out there. That would be sick. So, I'd actually, if, if that's the case, I'll drive down and then drive out there with, with them. Yeah, so that would be... <laughs> that that would might, be my car might break. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, all, it's all in the air right now, but... You'll see. You'll, you guys will hear more about that later. But how's this? How's this three seventy Z treating you? So me and Eli talked on the phone briefly uh, before the podcast, uh, just to kind of you know go over how like how things are going to go down. And uh, he told me that this is the first like newer car that you've ever owned, right? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I put a down payment on a GSR when I was. 15 um and i paid on it and paid on it paid on it it didn't have an engine it didn't have a transmission i literally towed it back to my house stole a b16 out of an eg hatch when i turned 16 and got my permits license and like frankenstein them together it was horrible but <clears throat> it, it was my first car and i built it um and i absolutely loved it but ever since then i've had about maybe I think just over 30 cars. I'm 30 years old now. And if you do the math, that's just way too many cars per year for one person. Uh, and they've all been like junk cars or race cars that I've wrecked or, you know, the shitty Honda after shitty Honda. I had a few Lexuses and Nissans, um, but I've never had a, like a legit <clears throat> out of the box. Like I could take that to the track and have a, a good track day. Um, and so it's just, it's like, it's so fulfilling and like really exciting to have like an actual real out of the box purpose built race car that I'm proud of, you know? That's dope. You got any plans with it? So I what? So you have any plans with it? Are you going to keep it stock or? Um, I plan on keeping it for a long time. I think it's such a, I don't know if it qualifies as like a halo car, but it's such a classic car that, you know, it kind of embodies like everything that I'm into. It like represents to me the S chassis. It represents Japan. It represents rear wheel drive drifting. Um, you know, I, I've had an S13 hatch, uh, Rocket Bunny that I did a RB20 or RB20 swap, and um, I was just really into that. And it, to me, it kind of just like embodies all of that in a nice, neat package. And I love that, like just OEM stock. It's a beautiful car. Like you could literally not touch that car and the body lines are very, I mean, they're gorgeous to me. Um, yeah, yeah I'm going to keep it for a while. I, I plan on, um, I'd love to track it. 
I've gotten way too confident. I've actually already wrecked it. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I'm sure Chris is laughing at that, but uh, I, with this COVID, with this COVID stuff, all of the roads around here are empty, and so at night I can go out to these four lane roads, and it's I mean for hours there's no no one. Uh, so I've like gotten pretty good at initiations and clutch kicking. Uh, and feeling the weight and the momentum of the car move, but my tires are not that good. And when it gets wet outside, the car is a little bit unpredictable. Uh, it, it spun around on me uh, top of third gear and I sent it into a ditch, but I've fixed it since then. And I've learned my lesson to keep it on the track because it's too nice of a car to be throwing it around in the ditches and stuff like that. So. Right. So do 370Zs yeah. come factory with an LSD? They have a VLSD. It's like six okay. discs. That okay. When the liquid, like, since it, I don't know, if it gets hot, they, they, the, the discs, like, clamp together and the wheels lock. So you can, you're good for about maybe three or four drifts, and then it starts, the wheels start giving, and you got to let the diff cool down. But um, it's a sport package, so it's got the Brembo brakes on it and oh, the yeah. DS. And um, it's got this like weird, it like rev matches. So and it's automatic. So you shift down and it automatically like Jarvis and Iron Man. It just like, <laughs> like perfectly like, computer shifts to where you want to be. It's cheating. It's totally it? cheating. Um, it's a 2011. But the cool thing is they didn't change the body style all the way to like 2020. Like there's like headlight differences slightly. Um, so, you know, like I'll be cute sometimes and get away with telling people it's like a 2017 track to be cool, but this is 2011. Um, but I love it. Like it's my favorite car I've ever owned. And I really, I'm going to try to take care of it to the best of my ability. Oh yeah, yeah dude. Sure. I want to see that. I'm excited to see that thing go out on the track, man. What color is it's like uh this gunmetal silver um and it's got 19 inch rays racing wheels on it that are actually really nice wheels uh for being stock wheels they're plus 30 offset 10 inch wide um but i'm planning on getting some work emotions the two-piece uh wheels but they're kind of pricey and they take a long time to get to your house so that's the plan for those at least Oh, yeah, my dude. favorite, my favorite thing about Eli's car, because uh, he did, he, he told me that he hated the factory steering wheel, so he put a grip royal on, on it. But <laughs> right underneath the grip royal, he's got an, a pink, a hot pink S three sticker. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. Y'all have like it's like written in. Uh, I, I cut it in half. Put the speed styles down right underneath the steering wheel. Pretty cool. Yep. There it is. Yeah, and, yeah I took, I took the, the right side of that and put it underneath the steering wheel. Right here? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Scott from Grip Park was nice enough to hook me up with a wheel, so. Shout out to Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, yeah shout out to Grip Royal. He's, he's always, like, the coolest guy at the events. I remember making a joke with him at Grid Life South because he was so hyped during the concert. <laughs> And he goes, he, I go, dude, you're making me want to crowd surf, like as a joke. And he goes, really? And then immediately picks me up. He's like four feet tall. 
I'm six four. <laughs> he just picks me up and just chunks me on top of everybody. And so, like, <laughs> like one second I'm on the ground, the next second I'm like on the top of the crowd, just like, did this really just happen? Did he really just throw me <laughs> onto this crowd? Scott, shout out to Scott. He's a good guy. But anyways, all right now, Chris. Yeah, I know up? you have like a shitload of cars. What do you have? Uh. I have too many Honda Fits, and <laughs> I have uh, my S2000, which is, like, my, my favorite car, um, and I have a, a really old Accord that I've been building for since a, a, about as long as you've been alive, so I got that car in 02, <laughs> I got that car in 02 and I, I, I really plan on making it, like, a forever project. Um, right. It's not everyone's cup of tea. It's not most people's cup of tea, but it's you know it's just that car that I've I've had forever, and it kind of like got me through some hard times. So I, I want to build it again. It sounds like Jesse. Sounds like Jesse and his Corolla. Yeah, dude, I totally get that. Yeah, if you have a connection with a car, don't get rid of it because it's hard to find that connection again. Oh yeah, yeah. There's literally, and it's of course like I would never get any money from it by selling it. It's worth way more. Yeah, you know, in sentimental value than it could ever mean in in dollars. Totally. Yeah, I I, I definitely get that. But yeah, my S two thousand is good. I um just been driving that thing around as as the weather's getting better and enjoying that a little bit. Hopefully, if right. we have. What's up? <clears throat> Tell them the story on how you got that S two thousand. I think that's hilarious. Um. So I kind of always like ever since the S two thousand came out in two thousand, I I really wanted one. And um, it was, like, kind of a goal to get one. And I decided, like, you know, you kind of you kind of think on this stuff for a long time. I, I knew what color I wanted and everything. And I was just around the time where I was going to start looking for one to finance. And um, my buddy worked at CarMax and called me and was like, hey, there, someone just traded in a white S2000 with red interior. Um, and I can buy cars for... Um, for wholesale, like what they, what they paid plus like a couple hundred bucks for their processing fee. And, um, I was like, cool, I'm on my way. So I went and looked at the car and it was like, it had kind of high miles and it was like a little rough, but, um, I had him hit me up the next day and let me know what, what kind of money we were looking at. And, uh, and he was like, yeah, I think they traded in for 1900 bucks. And, uh, and, <laughs> And I was like, okay, cool, like sold, no matter what. Like, I don't care if the motor's blown up, it doesn't matter to me. So I went back the next day and gave him like like four grand, like cash, just like, I don't care what it costs, just figure it out and let me know. So he ended up buying it for me, and it was like 2700 bucks out the door. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, you didn't know that? Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Listen. Yeah. What? Tax title and license, everything. So, uh, yeah, I, since then I've spent a lot more money on the car, but the car's been really good to me. Like, the car has 280,000 miles on it now, of which more than 100 of that I've put on the car in the last eight years. So, I drive the car a lot. And But, like, he got it for 2700 bucks, but don't take that away from it being, like, a shitty car. Like, from what I've seen in photos, the paint's really nice, the interior's really nice, you've got, like, eight different set of bulks for it, like... Eli's what's the miles on it? On what's, what's, what's the odometer read at? Uh, I'm at 280k. Okay. Woo! Yeah. But it's got a different motor that's, in it, right? Yeah, it, the, the the motor that's in the car probably has like 
ninety thousand, something like that. But okay. I had the original motor, and it wasn't really hurt when I pulled it. I it was just kind of tired, so I Listen, figured I'd I'm looking up S two thousands, and they're eighteen grand, eighteen grand, <laughs> thirty nine grand, thirty six, thirty nine, forty four grand. But it, it wouldn't be th- it wouldn't be two grand either. So I got pretty lucky. So- Oh I've been going to all these events. Chris drives from Chicago down to, I'm pretty sure, like, I don't know if you went to the Florida event, but I, I know that you've driven, I know that you've driven more than eight hours straight in that car. Oh, I've driven to Atlanta. Is, how, what kind of coilovers you have in that car? Uh, it's on KWs. So it's not stock, like, fluffy cloud suspension. It's like yeah. race car. And he's driven that thing more than eight hours straight before through absolutely life-threatening storms. <laughs> like, like I'm walking it on the radar, and I'm like, Chris, I love you. I hope you don't die. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, seeing yeah. that. I'm seeing that it's got a hard top on it. What did what did what do the hard tops run on for that car? Um, that's actually a replica, so it's not as expensive. But like, uh, I think I have like fifteen hundred bucks in it. But the uh, like the Mugen oh, one is like six grand if you buy it. If you buy it like from them. Listen, Jeez. so all those prices I gave you, they're all the convertible. None of those are hard top. Yeah, that's actually a, a picture that you have right there. Today. I got it to give you an idea what it actually looks like. That last picture. Well, cool, man. All right, so uh, Hunter, how empty is your beer right now? Jesse, how empty is your beer? Chris, how is empty is your beer? Mine is empty, and I've had two. So. I'm on number I got two. Like a quarter left. We are we ready? Are we ready for? Uh, uh, hold on. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, hold on. Chris. We get one out of the fridge. We're gonna move on together. Yo, I've got a story. I've got a story right after we do this. All right. Three, two, one. Big. What was it? The last. I have a, I have an S two thousand story for Chris. Uh, I had never been around the track at Road Atlanta, and um, I had been in several drift cars, and I thought I knew what was up as far as on track time behind the steering wheel. Um, I had never been in a time at that car in my entire life, and I like was nauseous for the rest of the day, but in a good like. I went with Chris, and I swear to God, I've never experienced anything like that in my life. I, if you, I, it's what I feel like it would feel like to go up in an F sixteen. I mean, he <laughs> threw the thing around the track so viciously and so fast, and I because I didn't know the track, it was terrifying. Now that I've played it on Forza a billion times, there we go. I know the track, the back of my hand, but. When I went around Road Atlanta, I did not know the track. I didn't know the back 40. I didn't know the turns. I didn't know the keyhole. So Chris knows the track, obviously. So he's he's going into every corner like proper and foot to the floor. And I remember him saying, gas until you see God and then break. (laughs) 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 And we got back into the pits. I took my helmet off and I was like, Oh my God! I've never experienced any, anything like that in my entire life. And to that, to, I mean, 
it is a totally different beast than going in a drift car. Because in a drift car, a proper drifter is smooth and transitions properly and there's no jerkiness. Like in a time attack car, you are fighting for every second. It's And it's a little bit violent from time to time. And, dude, he is an amazing driver. Uh, I was laughing the whole time. <laughs> I, I still to this day. It was like one of the most amazing experiences ever. I still have video from it. And it was just like, ah, oh, God. <laughs> but I think I think like the most we use to take it out so you can get footage. <laughs> the the scariest time attack car that I've been in, I have to say, was uh, Grid Life Midwest, the Turbo K Miata. Yeah, made that's, like that's gonna be a rough time. Made like five hundred wheel. Only my second time out in a time attack car, dude. Like. As I was walking up to it, he was bolting Hoosiers on it. And then, <laughs> and then to make it even better, he dropped the top. And he goes, all right, patted the seat, goes, let's go. And I was like, okay. So we get in it, and dude held nothing back. I was shocked. There was a couple of times I thought, like, I'm done. Like, I'm dead. But, yeah, but I, I do like the juxtaposition. I do like the juxtaposition that Eli mentioned. You would think that the drift car would be a lot more jerky than the time attack yeah. car, but you know, it makes sense that it would be. You froze again. Say it again. Say it again. Run the track. Nah, nah, man. This is going to be good. So, how do you get I want to, you know, when I, so I'm, I find myself, I feel very lucky to be in the position that I'm in with S3, because if I'm being honest with you guys, I have, excuse my language, no fucking clue what I'm doing. (laughs) I'm just, you know, fake it till you make it with me. If we're being honest, like I, when I started with S3, I was like, dude, let me run your Instagram. And then Wooly being the lightheaded Rasta reggae boy that he is was just like, okay. And so since that moment, I basically, you know, had to get my shit together and figure it out. Like somebody says, Hey, you know, go take photos of that car. I mean, at the time, all I've, all I'd ever done to my very first event, my first FD with grid life, I had only ever shot an automatic mode, you know, (laughs) Like, no clue what I was doing. But since then, thanks to the help of, you know, guys like you, Chris, dudes like you, Eli, and especially Jesse, because it took Jesse going, having, like, this heart-to-heart that was like, dude, you can fucking do this. Just like, you know. Dude, and don't sleep on him. He's learning quick. He's got, don't you have, uh, don't you have uh, something featured in this current issue that's going out? Yeah, I did. I did a. I did a shoe of uh, Wooly's Jeep for some parts that we changed on it, and that whole photo set is actually going in the magazine. So that's that's really exciting. Yeah. But yeah, I'm I do for this year. I want to really um, get better at photography and and videography because you know I look to to both of you guys or all three of you guys really as inspirations because you all put out just fantastic work and i see it and i'm like man i want to be able to do that and i tell people all the time i I don't consider myself a photographer or videographer i'm just a dude that points a camera and then hope hope it looks good you know 
but we're figuring it out that you got to start somewhere, right? Dude, and let me let me mention this. These guys are so humble, like incredibly humble. I've been seeing Chris's work in the magazine for a while. Eli, I, I think I messaged you like this time last year and I was like, I saw your work and I'm looking at my own stuff that I'm putting out and I'm like, how do I do that? I think I asked you like, what do you shoot with? Like, what's going on? And you're like, eh, I shoot with whatever I have. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy's like, senpai, no, it's me. That's definitely an Eli response. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I literally, I literally been shoot here. I'm gonna show you what I've been shooting on. You'll laugh your ass off. Let's go. Oh, I'm excited for this one. This might be okay. Funny. I've been literally <laughs> shooting. <laughs> my dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> crazy how like a 200 that i what's up that's cool um i don't know if you know the story that eli i um it was a 200 that i had um, about four years ago, and um, my me and my buddy were shooting a music festival, and two dudes jumped them and stole the lens off the camera. What? Yeah, and it's like a really rare lens. It, they, they only made them um, from like 91 to 96. There's only 8,000 of them, and they're like stupid expensive, and I found this one really cheap on uh, Facebook Marketplace. So, pretty hyped on that. Were you with Shay? What's up? Was it with Shay? Uh, Shay was also shooting the festival with us, but it was my other buddy Lewis who uh, who also shoots shoots at Grid Life sometimes. I don't know if you ever met Lewis, have you? Uh, yeah, I think I met Lewis. Yeah, well, there's a couple. There's I think two Lewises, right? Yeah, he was at um actually at that first Grid Life you were at. He had his blue uh, EM1 there, like blue and white EM1. Yeah, I remember. Uh, so yeah, he got jumped uh, while using my lens and. Uh, it's been missing ever since, and I, I picked one up here last month, so I'm pretty hyped to go shoot with it, but what the fuck am I going to go shoot? <laughs> That's right. terrifying. That is, is terrifying. I mean, Listen, I, I, I'm terrified of, like, losing my equipment. You can send that back to Canon, right? And they'll, like, refurbish it back to new? Um, this one, no, because it's so rare. They don't even have parts for it anymore, but, like, it, it's perfect. Like, I, I've been shooting with it, trying to go through it, um, a lot of this, like, real heavy, big stuff that they make is pretty old, but, like, really tough. Like, it takes a lot to hurt these things. As a matter of fact, this 400 fell out of a golf court, a golf cart in uh, Atlanta this year, or last year. Oh, I bet that was scary. Yeah, I was not stoked. Uh, a buddy was, like, running some parts over uh, to the other. You know how there's two paddocks in, in Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah. And they were, like, coming up one of the hills, and it, and it like, fell out of the golf cart onto the ground and like rolled down the hill. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. For 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 dudes for guys who are not photography or getting into photography, that lens is a four hundred and easily new what, a four thousand dollar lens new? Uh, probably like four thousand dollars used. Yeah. Jeez, man. That's crazy. So yeah, if I saw that if I saw my lens rolling down a hill, I yeah, would be having a couple of um. <laughs> I'm extremely meticulous with my equipment. I mean, I'm terrified. I mean, I, everything that I have, I've bought with my own cash. Um, 
And so you guys did, you guys know it. Like once that, you know, that, you know, two grand body or two grand lens goes like it's another three or four years before I can, you know, earn that back again. So like I'm super meticulous, but only dropped one lens. I, it was my nifty 50. I had it on the hood of my car after, cause I, when I, when I take the, the lens off, I quickly and put the, put the cover on the body and I quickly put the, the cap on the back end of the lens, put it on the car, put my body away, got my Corolla, started it up, went and uh-huh. next thing I know I hit the brakes and it goes flying by next to me rolling. Uh, yeah no it's fine it's i mean i had a couple nicks on it but i still use that 50 to this day now i have like a rig like a chest rig that i put on me and i have everything there zipped up and velcroed so i could roll and get hit by a car but my lenses will be fine man i'm yeah. worth it here i have sitting here like three or four broken lenses just because like i you know i shoot 250 days a year like shit just happens it's unfortunate yeah. but it's real so that that presents a question that I have for um I guess all three of you guys being photographers slash videographers. Um what's it like doing this, you know, run and gun filming that it takes to to the you know, the effort that it takes to pull it off for these automotive events? I mean it's insane. It's much different than doing like portraits. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um there's like a, a turnaround time that's expected of like event work in general that isn't wedding stuff. Cause somehow with as um, difficult as weddings can be there, there usually is kind of like a decent amount of turnaround time that's allowed. But you know, a lot of this like uh, automotive events, particularly people expect me to deliver the same day and it becomes kind of ridiculous trying to figure out how to make your workflow fast enough that you can turn stuff around like immediate the immediacy is like a real important yeah, thing. Yeah. So, I mean, how many times have we all been hanging out after an event and, and me, Jesse or Eli have been editing, you know? I mean, I think yeah. that's kind of well, what we do. Staring at the computer. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're just sitting there bullshitting, but like we're, we're sitting there editing at the same time. Like, yeah, that's, yeah. that's kind of one of the biggest challenges is making your workflow so you can be really quick. Man, I get so much shit for that in, in the group sometimes. Like, what was it? our first SEMA, I would be filming or shooting photos all day. And we have a turnaround time for that. So we yeah. get back from SEMA, SEMA, I'd be in the hotel. I'm like, let me upload this. Let me go through, you know, at least 100 and pick 100 of them that we can quickly put together. And they're like, yeah. oh, man, change. We're going to go grab some beer, some brews or something. For yeah, that. yeah. And it's just SEMA's like. The, well, I, I actually usually don't even shoot at SEMA anymore unless there's, like, something that I particularly have to deliver. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just there to, like, Kind of maintain relationships and and hang out with buddies. So yeah. that, I don't know that that's always been a good thing at SEMA, where it's not as much about shooting for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we kind of learned that lesson. Go ahead. Yeah, but I was just gonna say having two people I've learned over the years is really really crucial to have a shooter and then to have uh, someone to be able to do data management to just drop a card and then the shooter keeps shooting. And yeah. the person log the stuff on the hard drive, edit, release, whether they're on the Instagram or Facebook or whatever it is. But having a two-person team is like, it's, it's oh my gosh, it's invaluable. I mean, it's definitely the way to go. I've noticed, Eli, that you are, you're very particular in the way that you produce content, either with IA or with 
um, Gridlife, uh, a lot of the, the guys that we're involved with try to do everything in-house by themselves versus you are very open to having a whole team of guys that you use to get content out. Uh, where did that come from? Were you influenced that way or was it just like an idea that you had? Uh, well, I will say Chris is way more, like he said originally when we started off, he is a perfectionist. And I appreciate Chris's craft because he is so detail-oriented. And I, I'm actually not super detail-oriented, but I do have my little, I don't know, tendencies to be like, oh, that can't be that way. You know, it has to be this way. And I definitely have my preferences, but I've just learned that, like, it's okay to, like, let things go. Um, you're much more effective as a team than by yourself. And yep. not only can you problem solve better, but, like, you can go further and get more done. If there's more brains involved and more hands involved, it's just you. It's way more effective. It's almost stupid I, to try to do everything by yourself. Yeah, I agree completely with that. And I think that's one of your strengths that, like, the, the way you work with, especially with Steel at a bunch of our events, um, yeah. is huge. Like, I think the fact that you can you can kind of, like, sit down and focus on what he's doing and, and how to make that, like, uh, cinematic or whatever. Like, he's out there getting the raw clips and you're figuring out how to, how to make it all, like, the puzzle pieces fit together. I think that's really important. And uh, I don't know, I think it's a really good thing. I, I'm, yeah. I have a yeah. time with that. So I have a hard time letting go of what I want to do, you know? I've kind of got a question. In, or Sorry, go ahead, Eli, before I go on to the next question. What were you going to say? Um, I was just going to say, like, uh, Chris's part in that is that there's an emotional connection to it because it's like it's your baby. Like, what you're producing is literally, like, your little content child and you're yeah. Yeah. passing it on. And some people, they just want consumable content and they, there's no emotion there. But for us as content producers, it's like, oh, here's my heart and soul. Here you go. Just I hope yeah. you enjoy consuming it and forgetting about it in 10 minutes. Like, yeah, it sucks, yeah. but it's just the nature of the beast. Um, and I've seen Chris's passion. I mean, we've had Chris can vouch for this. We've had like hours and hours and hours of conversation about this just the heart and soul of it and why we do what we do and the struggle of like this, I mean, turn around, like, okay, so you could post something on Instagram tonight. No one's going to care about it in the morning and then post something the next day. No one's going to care about it the next day. It is like vicious. You know, yeah. you could come out with the amazing thing ever. And then 24 yeah. hours later, no one gives a shit about it. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, but it's just like, I'm much more like I prefer traditional like means of uh, consuming content. Like I, I prefer you know large format or like um, I don't know. Uh, lately, I I produced a you know a book that that kind of it's all that way. It's at least tangible and people can you know take their time and stare at it and and really see the nuance. I think that's important <laughs> and because I care so much, that's that's it's kind of like a downfall, but also like what I think you know is my drive too. No. Right. That's what will keep your work around long after you're gone. People will still look at your work and be like, "Holy shit, this was amazing!" Like, yeah, they'll be able to look ever happen. You know? And I think that I think that's all anyone who who does anything creative wants is it to have some legs and to live for a while. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, I totally take it as a this is a living representation of me. After this project, this goes on forever as a representation of who I am. 
Yeah, man. I think that's really good. Um. So, for events, for if you're just doing like general event coverage, for me, it's like terrifying. I always have this idea of like I'm gonna miss something, or like I have to be going. I have to have my camera with me literally 24 hours of the day because if something hot happens and i don't have my camera i'm gonna hate myself and it doesn't matter like anything i shot during the day if i miss that one moment i'm just like it's ruined for me so like sometimes (laughs) i so i've tried to like battle that by like having some kind of organization so like understanding an event and 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 breaking it up into different categories. So like grid life, you have the afterlife or the after, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and then you have like the time attack, and you have the drifting. You have like the whole, uh, you know, the vibe in the pit, um, and then you have all the vendors. So I try to like break it up and try to understand it in different aspects. So once I capture a section, I can finally be like, all right, that's that. I can let go of that and move on to something else. Yeah. Is there anything you guys do to kind of like? mentally prepare or organize whether you're shooting photography or filming uh, an event um, at large? One of the things that stands out for me that's helped a lot is just like, even when I do film shooting just make yourself shoot. Yeah. Are any of y'all getting feedback? No, I'm not. I'm not. Eli, hit the mute button real quick. Um, okay. Yeah, okay. You're good. You're good. You're good. You, can, you can turn it back on. Okay. Um, <laughs> the, the biggest thing for me has always been, like, even if I don't feel like shooting, just fucking shoot. It's really the biggest thing. And, um, yeah. uh, I mean, all three of us. I've seen all three. I mean, I know I do it. I know Eli does it. I know you do it. Jesse, too, is... Well, I'll be at events. Well, I'll be shooting for like eighteen hours straight. Yeah, yeah, a day, you know. Yeah, uh, and drinking and enjoying and whatever. And and I think uh, I think that's the biggest thing is just like I always make sure to pick up my camera when I feel like no one else has a camera out. I think those are the most important yeah. moments. So that's my. I think that's one of my favorite things about Chris is even when we're just you know chilling, drinking beers at like SEMA or whatever. Like, Chris is always one to see, like, I guess the sentimental value in the moments that he's in. So he I mean, captures. That's all that photography really is for me. You know, it's kind of like, there's a thing that, like, photography and video stuff, um, it ages really well. So, like, there's there's this, this thing that, like, you look at pictures from 10 years ago, and you only wish you shot more. Even if it's, like, stuff that didn't mean anything to you at the time, you know? Yeah. So it's like... Even, you know, I shoot a ton of, like, insignificant whatever, but, like, I think those things are the most important photos to have is, like, oh, what was going on behind the blah, 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 or, you know, whatever event you're at is the coolest stuff to have. Yeah, sure. I think some of my favorite photos of myself have actually come from Chris, including the one of me, like, walking through old Vegas, pouring a Corona on my face, completely missing my mouth. (laughs) <laughs> let's do that again i uh, i recently just rediscovered um it's a file so every time ta- ever since you told me that you organize your how you organize your data 
I've kind of adopted a similar process. I have uh, organized lacy drives with everything that I've ever done. Um, but every now and then I'll just kind of pick through and like, just kind of laugh at old memories. And uh, <laughs> I've recently discovered the time cheeseburger died. <laughs> <laughs> Which time though? That's the thing. There was been several. I need, I yeah, need a backstory I, on that. Yeah, I don't know any of this. Good story. Oh, you just don't know. I don't know. It's it's uh it's a little sketchy, but it's just like a good example of like you have to just kind of be aware at all times that like a moment is a moment and it's only gonna be there for, for that moment and and it's just so enjoyable to like go back and like relive those those good times, you know. Especially like okay, so right now we're in COVID you know, confinement to our homes. I don't know how many times I've gone and looked at footage from IA and grid life and just like wish that I was at a racetrack, you know, it's yeah, nice to be able to do that. Oh my God. That was me and Hunter. Like last week we ended up going through a bunch of photos from the road trip we did in the type R from Georgia to California, man. I mean, I know during the trip, everyone was like, well, I, I don't know if Jesse got enough photos. He's been shooting the entire time. But like now, I look at every single one of yeah. those and every single photo. Like some of the stuff was just like, I couldn't even understand the beauty that was right in front of me. Like it was yeah. so unreal. I think that's one of the most important things to do is to like kind of the ability to um, to appreciate those moments is what makes you a great photographer. You know, I think those are in video, whatever. I think uh, the documentation of like, the people and like the experience is really way more important than taking pictures of cars on a racetrack or cars sitting in a parking lot, especially yeah. cars in a parking lot, but I'm biased. So. <laughs> I had a video of riding in the back of a pickup truck around road Atlanta and it's the, the ISO is cranked as high as I could go, but it's really about the audio of it. Um, it's laughing from, I mean, I think there was six or eight different guys in the back of the truck, all just laughing and having the time of our lives. And you just see like the stars in people's faces and like laughter for like yeah. just cruising around road Atlanta. And dude, it's the most pure, hilarious shit ever. And I mean, <laughs> me, that's like, I don't know. It just brings a smile to my face and it's absolutely priceless. Like I just love that stuff. There's one clip I've got. And I think it was, was it uh, Grid Life Midwest? We're on the back of uh, this golf cart. Greg Bussell is driving. Jared Dand is in the back. And we're just cruising around going from campsite to campsite. I probably got five minutes of us just riding in this golf cart in the dark. And it's just laughing our asses off. <laughs> yeah. We're heavy in the back. So, like, Greg's trying to go. But it's just lifting the front end. So, we're not able to go anywhere. So we've got to drive straight through a tent, dude. Oh. <laughs> Who knows if there was people in it? And then Jared's Jared's in the back. Jared Deanda is in the back going, fucking watch it, Greg, if that's even your real name. Greg with two G's. I say every once in a while I go back on that. I uh speak my first grid life Midwest is kind of, I blame mainly Chris for my experience. And then I do remember Eli. Hold on. Let me. Okay. So 
<laughs> I'm gonna get another beer. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay. Oh man. That's my empty small empty man. Okay, so when we first got to uh Grid Life West, Chris goes, Dude, this is your first Midwest, isn't it? And I'm like, Yeah. He's you gotta get trapped. Are you sure about that? He's like, yeah, I want you to wake up in some random person's tent. <laughs> and I'm like, are you sure about that? He's like, yeah, dude, there's no other option. So sure enough, I get pretty bad off. I don't remember like the last quarter of the night. And I just remember like at some point the next day on Sunday, waking up slumped in the Honda Pilot with Eli... Instagram story going, hey, bud, how you feeling? And I was like, get out of my face, Eli. He's like, you feeling all right? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm like practically about to hurl. I'm like, no, man, I'm good. You're like, you don't know the half of that evening. Oh, dude, Eli, if you knew the whole story, it was, it was so bad. It was night it was night and day. It was one second he was fine. The other second he was in the bathroom. It was, it was the birth giving of Giving high fives, making friends. Yes, it was the birth of the noodle. That's true. <laughs> they still call me Noodle Boy to this day. In his, like, flesh-colored hoodie. <laughs> oh, man. Chris, Chris and I have had our share of adventures. Uh, Chris can definitely vouch for that. There's been several of those. Nights. I think I've been a bad influence on your life, Eli. <laughs> You've been great influence on my life, Chris. I love you. I remember at one point, uh, it was Saturday night, and I was walking back up to, I guess, like Tent City for some reason. And I just see Eli standing by himself in the dark looking at this Lamborghini. And I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Jesse, yes. were you with me, man? Yes, the, with, the, with the baby little, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we walk off and we like, we're like, what's up, man? And he's like, isn't this the, beautiful, the most beautiful car you've ever seen? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a, You're like, it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm like, it's a cool car. And he's like, no, dude. This is the best car I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> I know exactly the one about the black one, right? Yeah, yeah. the black one on the, the gold. mirrors on that gold gold. Gold. <laughs> It was a cool car for sure. We gotta get Eli to come to Speed Ring. I want yeah. Speed Ring. I wanna come. Speed Ring is a good time. It's different. It's definitely a different kind of event. Yeah. Would you guys agree with that? Yeah. For sure. just, it's, yeah. It's very interesting. I don't know how it would be for like spectators. It's not big spectator oriented, but if you can weasel your way into like the after parties and stuff and make yeah. friends with the in the industry, it's really the best place to do that. If you want to get your foot at the door of the automotive industry, Speed Ring is probably the best place. Because yeah. it, you know, a lot of Big wigs trying to, you know, scratch Motivicity's back, uh, all in like one place. So it's really your bet, your best shot. Speeding has got a special place in my heart because that's where I'm going to get my first uh, cover on the magazine. It was a shot oh. or a shoot that I did there. Yeah. Hell yeah! 
Yeah. You were shooting right when I was, right? Are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, you were outside in the rain. Getting with destroyed. Austin? Yeah. 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 You Dude, your shots are always. I appreciate it, man. Yours too, like legitimately. I'm still, wow. I'm still learning. I mean, we all are. You never stop learning. True. True. Dude, speed rain. What's where I got to drive my dream car for the first time. Oh, oh my God. That's where we uh, bunny hopped an Evo accidentally. We jumped the fudge nuts out of that Evo by accident. I did not realize it was as sharp of a hill as it was. And I was just balls in it. And and, <laughs> and I wasn't going to acknowledge it because the dudes who owned the car were looking at me. And Jesse goes, did we just jump an Evo? <laughs> <laughs> did you let off the gas or did you stay in it? No, I stayed in it, dude. Good job. It, well, what makes it even better? We're S3 Magazine, right? It was Super Streets Evo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, my God. That was one hop away from, from me starting to give pace notes, like rally pace notes. <laughs> Oh man, man! Oh. Some some good parties back in the day that Eli and I would uh, would go to. Do you remember the the mansion party, Eli? Oh my gosh! Okay, if you guys no, I don't think it's on YouTube. It's it is. on Facebook. It is. I think. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Yeah, on it. So, do you guys know Shocker Joe? Yes. Oh my god! I've never yeah. met him, but I've heard stories. We shot a Shocker Joe Cribs video in Atlanta. Um, everyone pitched in and bought like a weekend's worth of mansion. And then we threw this giant party and we filmed a Cribs video with Shocker Joe. And it was back when, oh my gosh, Downstar was, you know, Frank was still in the Midwest doing things and just. It was an interesting collision of timelines. There was all kinds of people there. Yeah, um, Sean Fenton it, and it, it, in that video. Uh, Wooly, Wooly's in the video. Oh yeah, he's <laughs> Wooly's sitting in the video. Um, if you can find it on YouTube, that would just be hilarious. Um, I shot it on Chris's camera. He was like, "Here's my camera. We're doing a cribs video," and I was like, "Oh God." <laughs> And Joe was like naked at the end of it, and there was like girls in hot tubs, and it was just like, what is happening? It was crazy. I remember, I remember somebody like got in a fight or something, and we had to leave. But yeah, yeah, I mean, Shenan to fight this guy because he was drunk. Do you remember that? Yeah, there there was just like endless shenanigans every year. And then there was much more debauchery when we got back to the hotel. Do you remember that? There was there was stuff going on in the in the hotel. pool put it that way in good time <laughs> things were popping off yeah <laughs> anyway That's so funny. Uh, yeah. hey i was gonna ask chris what is your favorite um thing that you've shot over the years i know for me being at gingerman at sunset hanging out of those honda fits shooting vaughn you know shooting all the guys those are some of my favorites, you know, yeah. with Shay kind of producing and the PowerStop guys. I think his name was Chris, right, with mm-hmm. PowerStop. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like, I mean, some of the most beautiful content came out of that weekend. I remember shooting um, the guy who drives the, the Honda Civic and he likes to drift it. What is his name? Tom McGorman. Uh, he was 
Yeah, yeah. We shot his car and that Boss S14. Um, it's just some of the most beautiful footage came out of that weekend that yeah. I think I've ever shot. Honestly, there's something special about uh, Gingerman Sunsets. I don't know what okay. it is. You know, based yeah. on the is or something, there's something really cool about it, though. And honestly, I think most of my favorite memories of shooting on track are Gingerman at Sunset. They're really... Yeah. Um, the track isn't the most spectacular track visually otherwise, but there's something about Sunset there that's hard to beat. Maybe it's the flatness of it. There's, like, kind of, like a nice juxtaposition juxtaposition between subject matter and sky. Like it's like so separating. And then the one year we had the Ferris wheel in the background. That was really yeah. cool. I don't know if that was, that, but that yeah, was that cool. Was incredible. That's like one of my favorite things. And it's even cool. Adam, uh, Adam Jabay even puts like a media slot in the schedule for, to make sure that we can shoot rolling shots at the end of every, every day of event, which is cool. Yes. Occasionally it gets eaten up by like cars blowing up and having to be dragged off the track, but like usually it works out and we can we can yeah. shoot really cool content. There's, a, there's so. effort there and that's what counts. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's super appreciated. You know, it's like one of those things that that uh, they didn't have to, but they want to make sure that we get cool stuff. So it's it's one of the most cool uh, cool experiences to be able to like okay, so you have Chris Forsberg and Ryan Turk and Vaughn and all these hot boys all day long, you know, you have all these professional teams with, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of race car going around it all day long. And then for us as content producers to have our time slot during the most beautiful time of the day, no one else is allowed on the track. Yeah. It's like this intimate, cool, like, you know, uh, time where it's dedicated to us to try to you know gather like really cool content for the vendors and yeah. the teams it's like a privilege that i i really like i love that it's one of my most favorite things um i don't know there's something special about it yeah it's like peaceful almost right mm -hmm. and then like yeah cool because usually like the concert's kind of like starting to rage in the background too so you have like I don't know, there's like some energy building at the same time, which is cool. It's the transition between the day and night of, yeah. you know, because we do, so it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you know, and you get these transitions between daytime, you know, and then it, it dude, it turns, you guys know, it turns into a whole other monster yeah, at night. It's, but It's a whole different event once the sun goes yeah. down. Yeah, that was when we did the, um, the Type R series. You know, we, we were, you know, we had to do both Grid Life Festivals. person on you, Chris? Huh? What's that? <laughs> oh, my God. What's happening? I'm lost. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was uh, my girlfriend escaping the room. Oh. <laughs> um, but when we did the uh, the Type R series, we had to do both Grid Life festivals, um, and we had a videographer hired to specifically film um, the Grid Life series, and he did not want to film the nightlife. And we were like, "Dude, that is only half a Grid Life if you only shoot what's going on during the day." Like. Like, once the track goes cold, that's, like, a completely different event. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, I don't know. It's it's definitely kind of like a all inclusive kind of event. Like you don't you don't really leave unless uh, you need to like get more beer. You know, that's kind of like the kind of kind of vibe that the event is shooting for. So. Yeah, one time we were leaving at Midwest, and Eli was like, "Hey, I got to go shoot this like thing, but I got like twenty bucks. Will you go get me a bottle or whatever?" And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, sure." He was like, "Okay, here's my number and twenty bucks. Please don't steal it." <laughs> Is that what you drank? Is that what you drank? Is that what turned you into Slinky? What? Is that what turned you into Slinky Man? No, I don't know what turned me into Slinky, but. I also remember Eli, like, he started to walk away from the car, and then he came back, and he goes, wait, are you 21? Yeah. yeah. One more time? Okay. <laughs> that bring up and again? Said, are you- Do you remember when we got you drunk in a hotel uh, lobby and almost left you there for, like, the morning? Yeah, I, like, <laughs> that was fell I fell asleep in the lobby. Yeah. Yep, and and you were y'all were determined to get me my first stripper too. I remember <laughs> that. <laughs> like we're we're bringing a stripper in. It never happened. However, they were they were pretty stoked on. Who was that other guy? The dude with that supercharged S two thousand. Which supercharged S two thousand? It's red. I think it says Death Motion on the side. Oh, Jared. That's Jared, man. What's he up to? I haven't seen him since uh, Import Alliance. He works he works at Winning Formula now. He's actually the guy who facilitated the repair for my 370Z. I uh, when I when I wrecked it, I was at the top of third gear flying into a ditch. I broke off two control arms and messed up my suspension and busted my wheel up and it was a nightmare. But he um the guys at Winning Formula, Baby and Jared, uh, they they got my car back together. Um, They're so. good dudes. They're definitely good dudes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. They're building That's all awesome. the Kenyatta's to win uh, Grid Life Touring Cup too. Hell yeah. So, Eli, are you are you going to be shooting Grid Life or are you going to sub that out? Oh, I I have not heard anything regardless re- regarding uh, grid life. Like, I have not heard a single thing about what's going to be happening. I think with COVID and all the that stuff going on, it's just a little weird right now. So, I have no idea. We'll figure it out. It'll be all good. It's just going to take a little bit of time. Yep. Part of the court. Back, guys. Well, all right, guys. I think we're coming up on, you know like an hour 20 now so <clears throat> i think we'll, we'll go ahead and wrap it up here but thanks again to chris sullivan and eli bowman for hanging out with us for a little bit, bit today you can find chris at crs photo photo with an f on instagram and eli you can find at elijah bowman films of course no spaces because it's instagram but go check out those guys they're really cool they put out some incredible content whether it be photo video whatever um they're great dudes so check them out once again thank you again for hanging out with us and guys uh we will see you next time i don't this is coming out tomorrow so we'll see you friday but have a good one again
Thanks see a lot. Guys. Appreciate you. Hopefully we'll see you guys soon.